Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show today. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Finally, I have Julie. Jaeger, Luxton. It's been a bit of a hassle getting Julie on here. Things are busy. Life is crazy. And she's, you know, I don't know, she's either here or, you know, on the other side of the world or, you know, busy doing stuff. Also with with her son, uh, Devin, doing the uh, ballet thing. It's just phenomenal to see. First, uh, let's check in with uh, Brad and Eric and see what's going on with those guys first. Brad, what's going on? Not much. I'm just uh, trying to deal with all the stuff, get all the uh, winery stuff integrated into my house. Finally got the basement cleaned up. The big thing that I was dealing with was trying to get the floor cleaned up in the basement because it was just filthy. The grandparents had had carpet down there at one time. They got flooded and just, it was just nasty down there. And I just spent days and days just scrubbing and cleaning it. The carpet that was in there when it flooded is still in there? No, no, no. They'd taken it out, but there was carpet in there and they glued (laughs) it down. Finally decided I was going to stain it. And then I thought, no, I'm just going to paint it with some like some garage, you know, that garage paint. There was those sprinkles there that you put on this, you know, like garage. And I'm like, sprinkles, is that going to (laughs) work? Is that really going to work? I just don't, you know, I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm going to try it. So I painted, I sprinkled, sprinkled, and it looks really good. Looks really great. And uh, so I have this like little garage floor down in the basement. Didn't I was going to say, you have the right guest on if you're wanting yeah, to ask there because about. Isn't <laughs> this the garage stuff, yeah. Mahal yeah. adjacent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also, yeah. Who, who better to sell your winery to than somebody who loves wine? <laughs> right. Get Steve to come and pick it all up. Uh, Eric, what's going on up over there? Pretty much the same running around, showing houses, selling houses, closing houses. I found my old like phone book that I had when I worked at sea. And I cannot believe how many ship people. It's crazy. It's just fun looking through these old, of course, not no one is going to have the same number from 30 years ago. It's a fun looking through it and seeing all these names of people I haven't talked to. Well, it's actually, I, I, it's interesting to me to know how we even kept in touch with each other when we didn't have cell phones and we were all young and still very kind of transient and moving from like how we even found each other to, I don't even know how we figured that out. I, you're right. I have no idea because we managed, like we'd go off a ship and we, like a lot of us traveled when we were off ships. I didn't stay home. I traveled and I visited friends in these other countries. And I'm like, how did we keep connecting and finding each other? And The young yeah, people now, are going to freak out, but so we wrote letters. I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we actually wrote letters and mailed them. Paper. <laughs> yeah. well, well, let me ask this. When do you, because we all, I'm sure we all start, or I started with Facebook. I started okay. in Facebook 2009, actually, yeah. after I went to visit Kara Callahan at a New Year's party or something. And she's like, you're not on Facebook. I'm like, no, <laughs> I know. I think that she was it on Facebook. To. But, you yeah, know, it's little. funny, like, you know, we haven't seen each other or heard each other, you know, other than letters or whatever since the mid 90s or something so we did take a gap of about i don't know 10 or 12 years right and until until facebook hit and then it was like oh a mutual friend hey there's julie hey there's kara hey there's eric hey there's and then it's like dick, 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 dick. and now you're like oh this person has 114 mutual friends yeah <laughs> but, it's a crazy world we live in now you know there's no excuse i always tell my kids there's no excuse for you not to keep in touch with your friends because you know we had a big learning curve in doing so and that's so easy for them now so there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to maintain their friendships well i mean let's break into it now now she's uh, she's in here it's, it's hard just to not uh, you know straight in talking to julie and stuff but Officially, welcome to the show, Julie. We're glad to have you. It's been been a while. Super excited. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Sorry, I've had a couple of delays in doing so. Last year was like super crazy for me. So oh, yeah. now, I'm, now I'm going to be an empty nester in a week and my life is going to be sad and lonely. <laughs> oh, but thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I was excited. I've been wanting to do it. It's just been, you know, life gets in the way. Oh, absolutely. Be honest. Yeah. Did, well, be honest we, did we just wear you down or what? No, no, it's good. Actually, it's perfect timing. I'm like, I need something to kind of look forward to. So it's good. <laughs> well, we know what's been going on. We follow you on uh, Instagram and we see all these fantastic 
places you guys been going to? Well, we try. It's it's my it's my life's passion. If I could just travel and get paid for it, I would, which is what we used to do, but yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. quite appreciate it as much as I do now. Yeah. Like, you know, I know all about Devin, even though obviously I've never met him, but my brother danced ballet as well. So like oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that I've watched, you know, all the stuff and I've I feel like I've watched him grow up. I know. Like I have a lot of people that feel that way. They've yeah. been on the journey and it's been a short journey. It's only been five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been it's been exciting. And, you know, now he's going to now it's his turn to to document it and move forward. I'm a little sorry. I'm not going to be there to see it along the way. Well, but, you know, obviously you stay in touch and you'll go up there or wherever he is as, as much. Yeah, as we we leave a week from today to take him to Amsterdam. So all of all of my friends are taking their kids to college and I'm taking my son to Amsterdam. Dang, <laughs> man, I letting love my, Amsterdam. Letting my 18 year old move to Amsterdam is either my best parenting uh, decision or my worst parenting yeah. decision. <laughs> it's the best. It's yeah, the best. I think it's the best. Yeah, yeah. He's a good I, uh, kid. Maybe I'll go and not come back. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what do they call that? Per, perma vacationers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My daughter, Grace, is now moving to London for two months. She's going to spend a week in Amsterdam. So I'm under no illusion that my kids have not only left the nest, but they are like in a forest far, far away. <laughs> that's a whole different nest yeah well hey julie so let's jump into the show i know that we have ties to oklahoma or you have ties to oklahoma in a few in a few different ways um Mm -hmm. but uh and we'll get to that in a little bit or you can tell a a little bit about that right now but let's start with your origin story like how'd you even start on cruise ships and what'd you do before cruise ships this is julie yeager luxton and this is my ship story all right well i joined the sovereign of the seas in thanksgiving week of 1990. I had gone to college in Texas at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. Yes, I'm a horned frog. All three years that I was at TCU, I danced in the summer at a wonderful place called Discovery Land, which was in Tulsa, right outside of Tulsa in a in Sepulpa or Sand Springs or somewhere oh. like that. And they did the national tour of Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. And I was hired to be a territory singer and dancer, which I can't sing, but I, I can take it. You know, we I did that show every summer. We did an international tour to Iceland and to London. And oh. I had friends that I danced with in the summer at Discoveryland who had dabbled in some cruise ship work. So I found it a bit intriguing. And you know, when you're 21. 22 years old, the world's your oyster. So when I was about to graduate from TCU and all of my business major friends were getting job offers in 1990 from this place and that place, and here I am with my interior design degree and and my dance background, um, there wasn't anything on the table for me. So I moved back to California, which is where I had gone to high school, um, and moved back in with my brother in San Luis Obispo, California, and got a job working in retail in clothing, which was not my plan. Six months later, I get a phone call from my parents saying, there's a guy named Dave Vandepass who's calling and he says he needs to fulfill a, a position on board the ship for a dancer and you need to call him right away. So I called him right away on a Wednesday night and Dave Vandepass basically said, we have someone that's leaving the ship. We need you to replace them. Can you be here on Friday night to join the Sovereign of the Seas on Saturday? And I thought, well, what the hell else am I doing, right? <laughs> Not anything I'm planning to do. So my brother drove me to San Francisco on a Friday and I flew from California to Miami. I'm 22 years old. Not really sure exactly what my job description is here. I'm told I'm dancing, but I'm not really, I didn't ask a lot of questions. So (laughs) note to my 21, 22 year old self, ask more questions because I just didn't know the questions to ask. I just thought I'm going on a cruise ship and I'm going to be paid. So this is good. Was there any part like right before that you were like, get the call on a Wednesday and you're gone on Friday and you get on a ship on Saturday. Was any part of that like, holy crap, what the hell am I doing? Absolutely. All of it. But I was game for it, you know, and I thought, what when else in my life am I going to be able to make these kind of decisions? You know, I don't have rent. I don't have a mortgage. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have kids. Like just do it. So 
I go off to Miami, but our illustrious Dave Vandepass, his instructions to me, which I have limited funds in my bank account, were when you get to Miami, come to the office. Well, they booked my flight. My flight came in at 6.30 at night. There is no one at the Royal Caribbean office at 6.30. <laughs> I do what I'm told, right? And I take a taxi. I go to, the, and this was when Royal Caribbean was building, their, they were building their new office right there in the port, like across from the old, really old old building to the new building. So it was all under construction. It's 7.30 on a Friday night in Miami in November. <laughs> it's it's pretty much closed, like, because nobody's there. And I'm here I am with my suitcases outside knocking on the door, you know, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and there's some janitor, janitor guy there who's like, can I help you? And I'm supposed to see Dave Vandepass. They're like, well, honey, we're closed. I'm like, but I just flew all the way here from California. And he went in and found somebody. I don't even know who it was. Somebody up in an office. They were like vacuuming and cleaning. And this guy's like, well, I'll get you a hotel at the Sheraton Brickell. He gets me a hotel and gives me the information. So I have to spend my money, which I have very limited funds, to take this taxi to the Sheraton Brickell. So I I get to the Sheraton Brickell. This is a very long story, but it's worth it at the end. I promise you. Um, I get to the Sheraton Brickell, check my stuff. And I'm on California time. So it's still, you know, cocktail hour for me. So I decide I'm going to go down to the bar and have a glass of wine and kind of soak in what it is I'm about to do with my life here, which I'm really not even sure what that is. And every middle-aged Latino man on his business trip is now trying to pick me up at the bar. <clears throat> and I'm just, can I just have my glass of wine and be left alone? <laughs> So the DJ at the Sheraton Brickle bar takes me under his wing and says, why don't you just come up here to the DJ booth with me? So I hung out with this, whoever he was at the Sheraton Brickle DJ booth for a couple hours. And then he's like, have you ever been to South Beach? I'm like, no, I go off to South Beach with this random DJ from the hotel and see the sights of South Beach, have a grand old time, come back to my room at God knows what hour, wake up in the morning supposed to go to the Royal Caribbean offices. Now I'm hungover and I'm late. Not my best move. <laughs> I get in a cab, go to the office, stand in this really long line of people from all over the world, right? And they got the Polish people in front of me. I got Turkish people over here. And it was, it was a little, as all of us who have been in that circumstance was a little like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing. Finally get to the front of the line and they pull out a folder with my picture and my resume. I'm like, yay, they know I'm here, you know? <laughs> and they say, okay, well, you know, you need to go get your uniforms. And I look at them with this, like, okay, so like, I'm supposed to know, like, I felt like I was supposed to know everything that I didn't know anything. They give me an address. I'm like, let me guess. I got to take all my stuff in a taxi. So I'm hungover. I go to uniform. You had all I your luggage with you. You <laughs> yes. had already checked yeah. out. Oh, yes. No. Yes. So I have, you know, and remember where uniform ideas was down yep. in the crappiest part of Miami. It's like, yeah, it was yes. Flagler. Yes. It's right off of Flagler Street. Yeah. And, and Biscayne. So here I am. Shady, shady. Right. Very shady. And here I am. And I go off to uniform ideas and I get there and there's these like three little guys from a Polish band who hardly spoke any English, but they saw me and I saw them. So we kind of like felt like we bonded because we at least you know, like knew each other. Like, hey, at least we know we're in the right spot. But Uniform Ideas was closed for lunch because it's on Spanish time. So there was a Denny's next door. I'm like, I need to eat some food. I'm hungover. I need some greasy Denny's food. Go in, get Denny's, come back, go into Uniform Ideas. They have me trans. I'm like, what are these uniforms for? I thought I'm just dancing. Like, I really don't even know what my job description is here. <laughs> <laughs> they hand me now I got more shit to carry right like I don't have enough now I got bags of uniforms I don't even know what they're for so then I go back to the office another taxi stand in the line I get to the front they're like oh you need to go on the ship okay how do I get there Take a taxi. <laughs> like, another taxi I'm told nothing like I am thrown to the wolves no clue nothing and at this point I'm hot I'm tired no 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 sorry I have to go to to my medical. And oh, I'm like, yeah. these people are, after Sun, all of this. Sunshine Medical. Right. Sunshine Medical, that little building right outside. It was like a little shack on the, the pier. Center, yeah. A trailer, right, yeah, a trailer right, on, the, on the pier. Right. Yeah. So I go to Sunshine Medical in a taxi with all my crap and my uniforms. And 
I thought they're going to tell me I'm not hired because my blood alcohol level is still <laughs> so high. <laughs> then they're going to tell me I can't join the ship. Little right? did you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so dehydrated and they want me to pee in a cup and I can't pee in a cup because I peed everything I could for the already that day. So I'm in there like chugging water and I'm horrified, but my little Polish friends are there. Finally, I come out with my pee in the cup and they applaud for me. And I'm just horrified. I'm just like, at this point, I am just beside myself. Finish the medical, go back to the office because I'm told to go back. So another taxi, you know, just over here. I'm literally running out of money. Like if I had $5 left, I'd be surprised. I get, go back to the office. They're like, well, now you need to go to the ship. I'm like, I was just at the ship. Go back. I have no idea about crew gangway, passenger. I don't know anything. So I go up the passenger gangway because now it's literally like half an hour before sailing. And I'm like, I just go where everybody else is going. So I go up the stairs and someone very rudely points out to me, oh, you're supposed to go on the crew gangway. And I'm like, well, where is that? I just want to cry. Like, I had no idea. Like, I don't know where I am, what I'm doing. So I get on the crew gangway finally. And did you have to turn around and go back down the passenger and out and back on the crew? Yes. And I had some, some really nice porter who put all my stuff on a cart and actually guided me to the crew gangway and took (laughs) pity on me. So I get on the crew gangway. So now, you know, we all know you're like on the belly of the ship. And I'm like, oh, thank God, at least I'm on the ship. And I see there's like an office there. So I go in the office and I don't know if anybody remembers Robin Jen. Does anybody remember Robin Jen? Absolutely. Yeah. So Robin Jen was assistant cruise director, I want to say, at that time, being promoted to cruise director that very week. He was kind of not interested in doing his job, I think, at that point. He was going somewhere else. So basically, Dave Vandepass didn't tell anybody I was coming on board. (laughs) So now I'm on the ship and nobody has a clue. They have no record of me. They don't know anything. And And the crew purser is pissed. (laughs) Right. And Robin Jen is in this little office, this crew office, and he says, just go up to the cruise director's office. Well, I've never been on a ship. I don't know where that is. I'm like, and just leave my stuff here. Like, you know, so he's like, leave your stuff in the corner. Just go. So I make my way. I don't even know how up to Ray Rouse's office. And I just sit there and I'm just tired, hungover, And I just want to cry. I will never forget that Ray Rouse walked into his office and welcomed me with open arms in a way that only Ray Rouse could and made me feel like he was expecting me and he was so glad that I was there, which I know was a big lie. It made me feel so much better. <laughs> That's Ray. <laughs> what ship? What yeah. ship was it? Did I miss it? Sovereign. 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 Right, okay. so this was the Sovereign okay, in Thanksgiving week, Sovereign 1990. And so there was clearly no crew cabin for me. They put me in a passenger cabin. Ray tells me, to come to the, was it the paint your wagon lounge or whatever it was at four o'clock for a crew meeting. So I'm still in my like hangover street clothes. Cause I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these uniforms. <laughs> and I show up at the paint your wagon lounge for this meeting. At this point in time, you had to do your time to show up on the sovereign of the seas. Like you were hand selected by Ray Rouse to be there. It just came you- out, right? I mean, that you're, you're on there uh, not long after it came you- out. Yeah, maybe a year. But it was the biggest ship in the fleet. It was like, you know, the the ship to be on because it was the flagship of the company. The first first mega ship, It was the biggest ship in the fleet at the time. Yeah. Did it, did so, it go sovereign big, monarch? Biggest ship in the world, probably at yeah. that time. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. The monarch was being built, but it hadn't come out yet. So it was the sovereign was the biggest. I show up there, green as the day is long, with Bill Widiak, Shelly Widiak. Teresa, you know, you, um, Sharon Hayes, like all these people. Was this, we were talking about this a couple of days ago. Was this Teresa Bally, Bally's wife? Okay. Bally's wife, Kathy Critchley, Jillian Morrison. These are girls and boys that had been on ships for years. Uh, you know, that, that knew their job, knew how to do it well. June Spinelli, CJ. I was so intimidated by these people. And I show up at this meeting and Ray Rouse says, well, we'd like to welcome our newest crew member, Julie Yeager. And they all just turned around and kind of glared at me because they weren't (laughs) expecting me either. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm really welcomed here. I uh, wasn't very welcomed. And then Ray's (laughs) like, you need to come to bingo because they did bingo right before the welcome aboard show go back and put your uniform on. 
So everybody was in like the blue shirt with the white stripe and the white pants. And so I go back to my cab and put on what I saw everybody wearing. Well, I show up for bingo and after five o'clock, you have to be in the evening uniform. But how would I know this? <laughs> so I show up looking like a stooge at bingo. I'm in the wrong uniform. And I, and I just, you know, I'm like, can I just get a cheeseburger? <laughs> 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 then after bingo Ray's like just go watch the welcome aboard show you know and and you have to show up for the next morning for whatever it was that they called when you had to learn your crew number muster you had the safety muster. meeting oh safety safety meeting i go back to my cabin i've not told this to many people but it is funny part of the story so i go back to my cabin and i go to sleep and I wake up in the morning and I have peed and wet my bed. I was so oh, stressed. No. I haven't, I'm not a bedwetter. I've never done this in my life. And now I have a cabin steward and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> this cabin is becoming a passenger cabin. Right. So I'm like, my cabin steward is going to come in. And I'm so stressed. Then I have to go to the safety meeting. Well, the safety officer doesn't show up. So that leaves me even more uninformed because I have no idea what any of that's about. And then the next thing I'm supposed to do is go to the complimentary dance class with Scott, you will appreciate this. So I'm supposed to observe the complimentary dance class with Robin Jen. So I go off to observe, but at the end of the class, Robin decides he's going to use me as his partner. <laughs> and do some sort of dance flip thing with me, which I have no idea to this day what he was intending to do because I don't know the merengue or the cha-cha. <laughs> I'm I'm a ballet dancer. Was Robin and Jen a dancer, a ballroom dancer or anything? I don't know much about Robin Jen because I only ever met him that first week and he was gone. Yeah. But so here we are at complimentary dance class and I'm in these, remember the ugly uniform white shorts, like the polyester ugly, the uniform that from uniform ideas, I got the right that kind shirt of on. had a cuff on the bottom. Yeah. Or weren't they like that? pleated also? Pleated. Yeah. Pleated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and it was before I knew you could buy your own, you know, so I just got the ones from uniform ideas. I'm in this class and Robin has me all bent over and holding my hands and he's going to do some sort of flip or something. I don't know. <laughs> And I bend my knees to do this flip or whatever it is. And my shorts rip from here to here, like oh, no. on a cartoon, like rip, like in front of 250 passengers, right? Like I haven't had enough humiliation in 24 hours. I was just, I just wanted to jump overboard. I wanted to go home. I wanted no part of this place. <laughs> and I made my way back subtly through the elevators to my passenger cabin and my ripped shorts. But she's scrunched just, up. <laughs> yeah. And the whole week I had passengers just going, well, that's the girl. That's the girl. That's the girl. Ha, 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 ha. So, you know, that, that was my first 24 hours on board. and Famous. Yeah, oh, man. but ended up being the best years of my life. So, you know, it just goes to show just because the beginning <laughs> doesn't start out so well, doesn't mean it doesn't get better. Oh how, how many years did you work on ships? A little over three, 1990, 1993. I, I did Sovereign and Majesty only. And okay. you and you were, because if I remember correctly, you, you we were on the um, the Majesty inaugural. Thanks yeah, to yeah, Ray yeah. Rouse. Yeah, I was one of Ray's girls. Yes. So, yeah, it was great. You know, it was, it was a great experience. It was a learning experience. Um, my best take off of those first 20 hour, 24 hours is ask a lot of questions. You know, it's what I would give advice to my own kids at the same age now is don't be afraid to ask questions and <laughs> be your own advocate because nobody was going to advocate for me. And I just had to figure it out, you know? That is hilarious. I can't, but I, I, I don't know who, who had the craziest um, first 24 hours, you or I think you're right there with Johnny Law Villegas because he went and got trashed the night before. And then he, because he didn't think he was getting a job or something. I was trying to remember his story, but something like that. But he came on completely wiped out. I wasn't that bad, but I wasn't yeah. feeling stellar. It wasn't my best move. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, then I had that whole learning curve the whole week. I didn't know. Cause I never had a, I never had a, a crew drill or whatever. So when it came time for the muster, I'm like, what are we doing? What do they call it? Like, what? like nobody told me anything because everybody was seasoned that had been there. When did you, <laughs> when did you start your dancing? <laughs> um, I think that week, that week. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, rehearsals for 
the welcome aboard show and all that stuff. So it all, it all came pretty quickly thereafter. And, you know, I, and then I actually met my ex-husband literally the first week in St. Thomas in the port. This so the Tur- Tur- kind of, Turkish guy. Yeah. Levent. Not the magician. Levin. No, no, no. This was is a, a different Levant. Yeah. He was a waiter and he'd been on ships about six months before me on the Sovereign. So, you know, I, I started into that relationship and, and I had somebody that was there and we, we basically dated and got engaged and then got married when we got, when we got off ships. So that was kind of a constant, which was nice for me. And then Julie, Julie, were you a, a, a dancer the whole time or did you do kind of crew staff stuff? Just like, crew did staff you ever, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Crew staff dancing. Yeah. Did you ever do like, um, if, if I were upon the sea or anything yes like that. i was the lighthouse who were you he was the lighthouse that does not surprise me i did do the blackjack dealer for a brief time but most of the time i was the lighthouse keeper that red hair flipping around was was something else in my 80s ponytail my 90s yes ponytail. Yeah. yes did yep. you also work as a hostess because for some reason i, did. I thought I, you did yeah i remembered you I as a did. hostess you were hostess on the majesty weren't you i kind of did it all i i was hostess for a while i was assistant shorex with shelly wow that's uh, a lot for three years yeah i moved around quite a bit did a lot i mean i think I think they were kind of grooming me for bigger things. I had my, first of all, I got married. It's not really a place to be married. Nothing um, bigger than then, the uh, one of the league you had on. One of the originals. <laughs> and, uh, wait a second, wait I a second. Slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I have it on video. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was oh good. It was, listen, best experiences, best times of my life. My, my cruise ship friends, all those people that I was so intimidated by on the Sovereign are now my dear friends, all my majesty friends. You know, like I, I really feel like I was at sea at a very unique time where Royal Caribbean hadn't quite gone public yet, still had that kind of family feeling, and it wasn't quite so corporate minded. The friendships and the bonds that we formed in those early 90s on the sovereign monarch majesty are unique. And maybe that's just my take on it. Somebody else that might be on no, ships I may think definitely for sure. You're spot on. Yeah, you're spot on. Because we talk about this just about every week, you know, when we talk to the guests and it's new to them. It's we all say this all the time. It was an experience of a lifetime. I I haven't talked to anybody who's regretted it and would do it again in a heartbeat. You know, if you live that life again, I would I would do it again too. And, you know, it was, it was hard. You know, there were times where the work was just, it could get really hard and it was just a pain and you were tired, especially at near the end of your contract. But, you know, I tend to remember all the good stuff and all most of that good stuff is all the people that we met that you have these lifelong friendships with, you know, even if there's, there's people that I only worked with for three months and for some right. reason in my head, I worked with them for three years. Yeah. Yeah, just get your old book out. Just get your old book out. Check check it out and see how. (laughs) It's that it's that common bond experience with people that understand what we all experienced without having to explain it. Like you you don't have to explain that to everybody because they get it, and and I think that time in our lives, you know, and I think it's different too. I think go back to the social media aspect is that we didn't have social media. I had to wait until a Tuesday in Puerto Rico and find a payphone that actually worked <laughs> to call my parents just to say, Hey, I'm alive. I'm, I'm well, you know, and half the time the phones didn't work. You had to go buy and, the calling cards and stand in line. And yeah. And you know, it, we, we had to lean on each other a little bit more because we didn't have the access to the outside world and the internet. I mean, we didn't have internet. When the internet was just starting when I left ships, like in 96, Right. And that's what's when I was starting to hear, like, you know, what's this internet thing? We really need to look into it. <laughs> what the thing is going yeah. on. And that was like I mean, late 95, 96. Hi, were you, I, I, Julie, were you on the, I think it was the Majesty. Um, I can't remember if the Majesty or Monarch, but I think it was the Majesty. But were you on with whoever the cruise director was that got a new cell phone that said, hey, they can't track me. Everybody, you know, when you want to call home and, Everybody was like, yeah, sure. And called and called and called. Then he got like a $3,000 bill because they, you know, eventually. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know that story, but I do remember Kara Callahan Boyd having that. Oh, like, she had the brick phone. phone. Yeah. Like, she was the first person I knew to have like the big block thing. And we were in Miami and I'm like, oh, 
you can call. But, you know, going back to, I think the reason that that time was, it was pre-internet and pre just before. And we, I think we were just really closer because we didn't have anybody else, you know, and back then our contracts were long. I mean, I remember being on ships for like nine months, 10 months. It was a long time between contracts and little time, like eight weeks off and then back on again. And so, yeah, it was a, it was honestly the best time of my life for many reasons at that age. Isn't that wild that we're the last generation to know what it was like without internet or manual car windows, cell phones, cell phones. I think cell phones Mm -hmm. is a really big difference. Like the internet and that smartphone. I think not having that, like you were saying, forced you to, you know, talk to people and hang out with people and build these relationships because nowadays you're just on your phone and you could stay on your phone the whole time. And you don't have that Mm -hmm. same social interaction, like live in-person interaction, which was what kind of made the ships go and made it was fun. And that's why you got to know people was all. Well, and I, I remember, I remember, which I don't think they even do anymore, but we had like mandatory socializing. So uh, it yeah, was on the, yeah. on the schedule. Like we had to be in the lounge and socialize with people at the captain's cocktail party or whatever it was, or the repeaters party or whatever they, and, you know, in our dress blues and we had pagers. Yeah. And I remember having like <laughs> codes behind our backs, like two fingers meant come rescue me. Cause you'd go over <laughs> to somebody and like, how is your crew? Is you having a great time? And they just wanted to like complain about everything. And you're like, you're trying to smile. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll contact the purser's desk and see if they can help you out. Yeah, get it to the purser's. Yeah, hand it over to the purser. Get me out of the situation really quick. Like, <laughs> oh, my pager just went off. I'm sorry, I have to go. I remember on the Sovereign in Puerto Rico, I went to, what do we call it when you had the um, singles party? You had that Sing- game where you put, you put like or- a celebrity's name on a tag and then you had to you put it on your back and whoever they had to ask questions about whatever. And, you know, I didn't have enough life experience to really suss people out yet. But there was a guy at the singles party the first morning in the, in the lounge. And I'm like, yeah, he seems a little strange. And then he didn't really speak English very well. And he seemed to be more kind of Russian and mingling, not mingling. I don't know, just caught my eye. And then he came to the captain's cocktail party that night in his street clothes. And I thought, you know, I had a justification. Oh, he didn't get his luggage. Poor guy, you know, because that often happened. And then I guess the security found him sleeping in the lounge on the upper deck of the show lounge. So he was a stowaway, basically. So when we got to, when we got to Puerto Rico, they deported him. And then I was in charge of taking the passengers to the flamenco show at the El San Juan hotel that night. And who do I see at the El San Juan hotel, but this guy. So I reported him to the El San Juan hotel. And I said, just want you to know this guy that's in your casino is, you know, a stowaway on the ship and they've deported him to Puerto Rico. I don't know, two weeks later, I'm doing the tour again. And here's the same guy, like you know, in the, <laughs> having a good time at the hotel. So, you know, who knows? And then another two up. weeks later, I see him in the port of Miami. I'm like, this guy gets around. I don't know how you did that back then, but. No, I think it was a lot crazy. easier to stow away. Cause if you remember, we used to, we used to pick up rafters, uh, people that coming from Cuba. And then we also would get stowaways. People would go to Grand Cayman. They, they'd get from Cuba to Grand Cayman. And then in Grand Cayman, they would wait for it to like rain really hard. And you know, when everybody would go up to try to get on the, the tender boats the right away huh? and they were checking your, your card at the tender, not on the ship, they would sneak on in the tender when it was like raining or if there's a bunch of people all going on, they weren't checking very well. People would sneak on onto the ship. We used to have stowaways all the time. All, all the time. And then I remember one time in uh, Labadee, so it must have been the Sovereign, Paul Vogel and I were the crew members last, you know, last on to get everybody out with the microphone, the megaphones saying, there's no food left, you have to go back to the ship and rounding everybody up and making sure everybody was gone. So we were on the last tender back and round everybody up and I'm in my cabin showering because I have to get ready for captain's cocktail or whatever it was. And I look out my window and I see, you know, it's far enough away. The ship's getting ready to sail away. And I see somebody there with like a white, you know, like waving the white flag, like, hey, we're still here. 
<laughs> I called Paul in his cabin. I'm like, Paul, we left somebody. He's like, I'm not saying anything. I said, I'm not saying anything either. <laughs> Just leave him there in, in Haiti. As you wave out your porthole. I'm like, I'm not saying a word. I said, I'm not going to be responsible. These people had all the time in the world. We did last call. They didn't make it. I'm not stopping the ship. I'm like, I'm not going to get fired for leaving somebody in Labadee. So Paul and I are like, I'm not saying anything. You don't say anything. I don't say anything. So can you think of any specific time? Because you were so, so always in front of guests, there had to be some like interesting situations or like difficult or weird situation with guests. Can you think of one or a couple like weird interactions? Yeah. I remember doing the dreaded walkathon for the dreaded ship shape dollars. <laughs> With Kara. Kara was always high energy and, you know, walking around. And so she's doing the loop. And Kara Callahan Boyd. Yes. And on the front of the ship, you know, there was like some metal parts that came down. So you had to kind of watch your head. Kara's walking backwards, talking to the people, trying to motivate them. And they were coming after her because she had a wad of ship shaped dollars in her hand. Like (laughs) you'd think they were a wad of like thousands, right? As she's walking backwards and talking to them and kind of motivating them, she hits her head on this metal part of the ship and starts like gashing blood and drops. She passes out and she, her ship shaped dollars go flying. And none of these passengers could care about Kara. All they care (laughs) about are the ship-shaped dollars just flying all over the deck. <laughs> and I'm like, people, people, wait, wait, wait. She's hurt. They didn't care. Oh, my and God. Then, and then I went around into the, I forget what the midship lounge was called on the ship, but Music Man or something. And I, I go in there, and there's this guy that I know did not walk the deck. Like, he just went around one time, and he sat in the lounge, right? And in fairness to the other people, like, there's 90-year-old grandmas walking around the ship for 20 minutes to get their dollar and this guy <laughs> is perfectly capable of walking around the ship five thousand times but no he's just going to walk around once sit there and wait on his dollar and i kind of called him out on it and he told me i could take my ship shaped dollars and stick them where the sun didn't shine <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned quickly not to be the uh the the ship shape police <laughs> can't even imagine what it must be like today for these people. But, you know, I don't think the, my experience, and I haven't cruised a lot since I left ships, maybe two, two, three times. My experience though of recent is that the crew staff are not as actively involved with the passengers, nor as present as we were. We were everywhere. We were like ants on a hill. We were in every lounge, everywhere, pool deck, every lounge, like everywhere. And I just don't, I don't think that's the case anymore. And maybe I'm wrong. So somebody can correct me out there in the cruise ship no, world. I can vouch for that on the cruise that I just did. And even yeah. though the, the the ship that I was on, you know, just a couple of weeks ago or, or a month ago, you know, it was bigger than the Majesty. There was, a, I think, a 3,000 people on there. And there was only, I want to say three. If there was four, I never saw the fourth one. But there was only three crew staff. And you only right. saw them at... Actually, not the dance class because that was one of the dancers, but you only saw them two two or three events and that was it. And I can remember my very first vacation from ships and I went back to um, California and then I, my parents weren't Texas. So I went back to Texas and I was walking through the mall. And I remember my mom saying to me, you don't have to acknowledge and smile everybody that you pass because these are total strangers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just so conditioned to be like, hey, hi. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't have to do that. This is Texas and they're nice, but you're being overly nice. The shoe <laughs> store is right through this way, man. <laughs> yeah. Opening doors. And I mean, the amount of doors that I would just continually hold open for people. Like, you know, you want to hold the door open, but like, this is ridiculous. The, the stuff that I did the first time I went and this is, I had only been on, I had only been off ships for maybe like a year or two. And I took like a three, like a weekend cruise with some friends. And I was following all all the old rules that we had that like as a guest you didn't have to do but like opening doors i was smiling at everybody i was like i, I would would not carry a drink between lounges you know like we weren't supposed to walk around with a mm-hmm. drink but obviously as a guest you can do that but i i, I was just conditioned right. you know because it's not your cruise. they don't want to see you right with right. enjoying your cruise i was actually my daughter's 24 and she's in the digital media world living in brooklyn 
and she works remote for a company. And I, I just on a whim the other day got on the Royal Caribbean site and like, Grace, there's a digital media position. It's not on board. And then I talked to Paul Rudder the other day. He's like, well, we need on board people too. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, you should go do this. But instead she's going to go to London and work remotely for two months and then go to Amsterdam and hang out with her brother for a month. And she's got other plans, but that's not a bad plan either. Wait, so Scott, I thought your kids were going on ships. What are they at sea? What happened? <laughs> no, the emergency brake was uh, put on pretty, pretty heavily. They, well, this is what I'm getting anyway. Um, they're, they, you know, they are afraid to go on before they're 21. So they're, what? they're only they're cause they, if they drink or do something, you know, and they're not 21 and you know, that, that whole thing it's, it's, well, it's BS. I think now. they, they were like, you know, now that it was right in front of them and they actually got hired and they got the letter and, and all that kind of stuff, they were like, Oh, this is real. I'm like, yeah, I've been talking about this for like five years and you all know, right, so. So, Wait, so hold the phone, hold the phone. So your kids are afraid of going on ships now at 21, but you, you, well, at 20, you, yeah. at 20, but you were on board for my bachelorette party and paraded me around the entire ship strapped to a dolly with a life jacket and whipped cream all over me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I guess yes. things have changed a little bit. But, what but, is this story? <laughs> <laughs> I I may have been inebriated because I I have I have faint I can't remember that much about it but that was funny right, as hell so, but hey I so, I gotta say I was like twenty three then no you, how old are you you older uh, than me I'm fifty four but I didn't get on the ships until I was twenty two all right well you're 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 my age so we're the same age so it was yeah, my engagement yeah. party uh, off we're, we're all the same age yeah, we're all the same age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was getting engaged to my now ex-husband, Turkish waiter, and I was leaving ships and it was my, my bachelorette party. And oh we God. had a big party in the disco with everybody. This is, and this is coming stage back now. Staff, the stage staff, Scott included, basically duct taped me to a <laughs> dolly with a life oh, jacket no. on <laughs> and put whipped cream all over me and then created me through the entire ship, which is shocking in retrospect that was even allowed. But yes, that happened. Oh my God. The funny God. thing is that that actually sounds a little familiar to me. And it, <laughs> but it does sound I, a little familiar. I do have pictures. Yes. Then <laughs> send me pictures, Will. Send oh us all yeah. pictures. We may not post my, that, but uh, we my, all want to see that. Oh my, my last hurrah on the majesty of the seas. Uh, um, oh my so I'm gosh. just curious, like I know a little bit, you tell us a little bit about what, what you're up to. So I got off ships. I got married to my ex-husband, moved to Florida, got into my interior design career after, you know, having done nothing for years at sea. And I, you know, I loved dancing. I loved what I was doing. I actually, in retrospect, probably could have very much made a career out of the of cruise industry, but it's also not a place to be married and have kids. And I think I knew that at the time I knew getting married, I wanted to have children. Um, and then it was time for me to do something else, but I, I really, it was just natural progression of time. Um, sadly that marriage didn't last, but we didn't have children together. So it's amicable. And if he walked in the room right now, I'd give him a big hug and wish him the best. We have some good memories from those years. I remarried to a fantastic gentleman and who's also English. So apparently I have a thing for foreign men. Um, we got married in 19, no, 2002. So we've been married 20 years this year. And um, I have my stepdaughter, Grace, who was Steve's from his first marriage, but she was one when we got married. And then we have our son, Devin, who's the dancer. You know, I started my design career here in South Florida, and I've been doing this now for 25, 30 years, uh, 30 years, oh, wow. I guess it is. Oh, too long. Yeah, I didn't realize it had been that long. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So 20, I don't know, long time. Too long to count. It's a lot of fabric and paint. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I, you know, if I could retire and do something else, I probably would at this point, but it's what I know how to do, and it's what earns me an income, and it is what it is. So I'm, I'm lifestyles of the rich and famous and, you know, it's a good place to do it here in South Florida and that's all good. So nice place to raise kids. And we've had our kids grown and gone and now I'm going to be an empty nester and I'm going to cry next week. So I'll need some support. I'm very, very jealous of this bar that you have behind you in your background. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Well, do you know about this? No. So my husband is a former American gladiator. Did you ever really? watch the American Gladiator? Yeah, Co I Cobra. That. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So what? he was Cobra on the American Gladiators. Get out of here. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's only <laughs> one that reason I watched that show. Bar. He was, he came to, um, actually in the late 80s, he came to America because he had been a bodybuilding champion in England and came to try to, you know, he wanted to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger and ended up being an American gladiator in the late 90s. Did it for a while and then a rotator cuff surgery kind of ended that career. And then we met about two or three years after that. But being from England, he was really into speedway motorcycle racing, which is something that we don't really have here in this country. New York, California, but it's not really an international sport overseas. And it's kind of his childhood passion. He didn't really ride, but he would have liked to. It was too big. Um, so we now have an entire half of our house is a Speedway Museum, which I will try to show you here. Why she's showing the background. It's an actual museum. Like it's all registered as a museum. We have a phone box. Cool. We have a, a bar. Yeah, it's, you got to come visit. You're welcome anytime. We have visitors from around the world. So, you know, we've got a cool house. We have a fun party house. It got a little quiet during COVID. Um, we've had some cruise ship parties here. Paul Rudder had his book signing party here in January, which was fun. And we had a bunch of Royal Caribbean people. It's nice because we're kind of centrally located between Orlando and Miami. So we get a lot of the both crowds that have moved you know, to, to either side. And it's been nice to have a lot of my cruise ship friends local. Like I see a lot of Kara Callahan Boyd. Um, she's actually coming down this weekend because Marguerite Scott is getting married on Friday and having a little get together to celebrate her wedding on Saturday. So I'll see some cruise ship friends there. So, you know, we always find a reason to meet up, find each other again, which is really nice. So jealous. Oh, I know, Scott. You should. I love come to seeing Jupiter all the photos. <laughs> yeah, you should have come out there. I have a cousin that lives in Jupiter, so next time I'm in, uh, I don't go to Florida that often. But next time I'm in Florida, you uh, can stay with us. We have a huge. We have plenty of space. I'm an empty nest. I have bedrooms with no one. You <laughs> can sleep on top. Uh, sleep on the pool table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need to yeah, do is. Okay, so not for next the first year, time he slept on a bull table. So hey, next year, you know, you've heard that um, the Royal Oldies uh, trip is coming up in next eight next April. It would be great to you know have a little like pre get together for maybe people that aren't going on the cruise. I'm already yeah, volunteering we, your house. Uh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, we are planning to, to go, but it, you know, it's too far out in, in the future yet for us to figure out. I gotta, yeah. I don't know what's happening in my, with my clients and I'd like to say that we're going, but it's too early really to tell. So I can't commit. We've had private stock at our house recently, which was awesome oh, for Paul's like book signing, which was so much fun to see them. And they perform around South Florida occasionally. So we try to see them when we can, but Eric and Christine are, are, amazing as always and they they actually um performed at steve and i's wedding which was like they were our wedding band which considering oh, wow. what they, their lives awesome. now is crazy <laughs> to me right julie any other stories any of favorite stories that you have missed the ship um, the drunken crazy I would hey did you ever hook other, up with a passenger or anything? no because i was always in a relationship so no i was not like you stage staff and boys <laughs> that were like looking for people all the time no <laughs> not at all um but i i can and I will relate with BB's story about how when we went to the Majesty, she and I were the only women on our on our flight with all the Jamaican bar men, and like it was crazy. And you could still smoke on the plane back then, Ooh. so like we were at the back of the bus, everybody's smoking. BB and I are like, I didn't even know BB, and we're like, what are we doing here, and why are we on this plane? And then our bus got lost going from Paris to Saint Nazaire. <laughs> And we went, we stopped to get like a dinner. We had vouchers for food or something at this rest stop. When we got back on the highway, I could tell, like I have a good sense of direction. I'm like, we're going back towards Paris. And we were supposed to be going towards Saint-Nazaire. And I went up to the bus driver. I'm like, we're going the wrong way. And he's a French guy, of course, arguing with me. because he knows Right. But clearly we were going the wrong direction. So we went like two hours the wrong way. We finally got into Saint-Nazaire at like three o'clock in the morning it was a disaster. Like nobody knew where they were supposed to stay. They didn't have hotels for us. It was a big, big mess. But you know, those are the things that at 
22 you figure out right it's all in the history of life and it's do good. you have any video or photos or does anyone have any photos or video from that village because i don't and i would love to see what that all i can think about is when we were there it was like hogan's heroes but but i don't I would, think julie stayed in the village i think you didn't you get a hotel no but i but i went to the village because my ex-husband was staying in the village uh, so right. i got off i got off the bus because i hadn't seen him in a month and i was like i couldn't wait to see him so i'm like I, I was that point, like, get me off the bus, get all my crap off the bus. I am, I'm staying here. So I, I, I checked out at the village. It was like a campground in the woods. It was yeah. bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I got a room, I got a room in a hotel somewhere. I think I might've even paid for it myself. I don't even know. And then the, the fateful day, the next day, when we all went to join the ship and the gangway went out. Oh, collapsed. Yeah. So glad that you're doing my ship story so we can all tell our stories. So thank you, you all to, to put this together because it's really nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. And I, I can't even tell you how excited I was to, to finally. I kept checking with Julie. Are you OK? Are you good? Are you still good? Are you? I'm confirming for tonight. Are you good? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So you pulled a Brad, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I wanted to do it for so long. But like last year was just between work and my son and travel. Like I've had this insane amount of travel with him, getting him launched into the world. And it, it was just overwhelming. So every time I thought I could catch my breath and do it, I'm like, oh, no, I'm too busy. And so. And it was a much better time now because I'm sad. Awesome. And I have no children at home. Well, awesome. Well, Julie, we'll uh, cut it there. And I'm like reaching out to give you a hug. Um, but uh, thanks for being on. It was super great to see you. You as well. And, and if any of you visit Jupiter, please don't hesitate to call. We have plenty of room and space and would love to have you visit. We are welcoming and just come and hang out. Yep. All right. Love you all. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Julie. Great seeing you. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Awesome. It was really nice to see her again. Exciting. Always great to see her. Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!